Today's scripture reading comes from Psalm 137, verses 7 through 9. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, and there we wept, when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung up our harps. From there our captors asked us for songs, and our tormentors asked us for mirth, singing, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How could we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand wither. Let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. The wisdom of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, United Parish community. My name is Susan DeSelms. I am the Minister of Music here. Where were you when the COVID-19 pandemic became a reality? When life as we knew it came to a screeching halt and careened into a reality that felt a lot more like a dystopian novel than real life. Just before the world shut down in March of 2020, I was in Rochester, New York at an American Choral Directors Association convention with my dear friend, Trey Pratt. We attended workshops and 20 or more live choral concerts given by ensembles from all over the Northeast. Shout out to our own Amalia and Emily Reed, who were there with Handel and Haydn Youth Chorus, and to Joseph Hatt, Contreras, and Andre de Cuadros, and all of Voices 21C. You all were awesome. The performance, though, that stood out the most was given by the American Spiritual Ensemble, founded and directed by Dr. Everett McCorvey. This choir is made up of at least 50 professional Black American singers, most of them opera singers of the highest caliber. They sang as part of a worship service dedicated to acknowledging and attempting to bring healing to the ever-growing wounds caused by racism in America. Theirs was some of the most powerful singing I've encountered in my life. Robust, precise, alive, their voices created a wall of sound that was the musical equivalent of Niagara Falls, infused with every kind of feeling imaginable. Love, hate, joy, sorrow, anger, sadness, humor, disappointment, terror, nostalgia, desire, hope, courage. They held back nothing. When the congregation was at last invited to sing with the choir, all those feelings we experienced vicariously started to spill out and roll down our cheeks. There was nowhere else for them to go. The room was vibrating with God's presence. Community singing can really be like that when everybody lets go of their inhibitions and just sings from the heart. It is the sound of God's love overflowing. On the flip side, when too many people in the congregation are hesitant or self-conscious, the song fabric, as I imagine it to be, becomes riddled with gaps and holes, and the energy in the room seeps through those holes, leaving everyone thirsty and hungry for something they can't name. Every voice is important. Every voice is important. Two weeks after that conference and that extraordinary worship service, 
the country was completely shut down. No concerts, no school, no commuting to work, no going to restaurants, no parties, no playdates, no sports, and no in-person church. And then group singing emerged as the highest risk activity of all. And the choirs and, and choirs all over the country fell prey to tragic outbreaks of the virus. It was becoming clear that COVID-19 was not just filling up hospitals and morgues, it was putting a stop to all forms of community gathering, and for sure, those that involve singing. I felt a bit singled out, if I'm being honest. COVID-19 was bringing a hard stop to my beloved vocation. Was this a message? Why did community singing have to be the ultimate villain? And then there was George Floyd, one of many black lives snuffed out in front of a crowd of witnesses and recorded for the whole world to see again and again. But without our usual distractions, we sat and watched and were suddenly horrified. And all along, there was Donald Trump recklessly leading our country ever deeper into the dark alleys of racism, classism, sexism, gun violence, division, hatred. Zoom out even further, and the hurt and pain throughout the world was unbearable. They say that statistically, life is better now than ever before. How can that be true? And if it is, my God, where did we go so wrong? The words of the psalmist rang in my ears. How, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Strange indeed. How, however, do I, a minister of music, continue leading our worshiping community in song when my heart is broken and there is no way to escape the horror of what has been done and what has been left undone and our community is living in exile from each other? Well, I wish I could say it was all downhill from there. We all know it wasn't. Not for me and not for the vast majority of people. But we adapted and at the end of the day, I, unlike many others, could only call myself lucky. In the absence of all the togetherness, all the love and reassurance we give each other in our community gatherings each week, I had a chance to contemplate why community singing is important. If it is if it even is important. Once I stopped pouting, mostly, about all that I had lost, I started puzzling out how to keep myself and my beloved singing community fortified in the absence of communal, communal worship. I did not figure it out. I did not, because there really is no substitute for community worship and its most essential tradition, singing our hymns together. There is no substitute for community worship. I was able to parcel out some of the rewards we get from singing and from worshiping together, and I did come up with some not terrible substitutions. But in the end, I felt a bit like an astronaut trying her best to make a stew in space. The ingredients themselves would be so far from fresh that they would probably be 
they would be unrecognizable. Droplets of broth, flecks of salt and pepper would bound around the cabin aimlessly. It's a ridiculous idea, and nobody wants to drink stew through a straw anyway. Likewise, how satisfying is it to sing with YouTube church or in Zoom choir? Without the throng of voices, the experience is dull and lifeless. We need each other. But here's what I came away with even still. One, our voices are the most sacred of instruments. I have said this and I have preached this before, but it never hurts to be reminded. Truth, the vocal cords are powerless on their own, but when the body rallies behind the voice, propelling and sustaining the breath on pitch, the vocal cords become a living, breathing instrument. Add rhythm, melody, feeling, and you have a musical instrument tuned to sing God's praise. That's amazing. Two, by singing our prayers, we give them life and we give them a place to live within our bodies, our minds, our hearts forever. By singing our prayers, we allow them to penetrate more deeply into our own souls and into the world around us. By singing our prayers, we bring ourselves that much closer to God. Three, there are no bad voices. There are untrained voices, untrained ears, singers who think they are bad at singing and singers who try very hard to sound like someone else, which never works by the way. But there are no bad voices and there are no bad singers. One of my favorite pandemic silver lining stories started with small group voice classes. The chancel choir did continue to meet, sharing an hour each week on Zoom to review the hymns for Sunday, to exercise our voices, to learn some new music, to record ourselves, oh bother, and finally to pray together. We got to know our own voices pretty well, much to our horror. You see, in a choir, you are so enmeshed in the group that your blemishes are magically airbrushed away. In Zoom choir, you hear the leader, me, and you hear yourself. That's it, because everyone else has to be on mute. Otherwise, it's just chaos. The truth is laid bare, and it's not always nice. Our section leaders, Helen, Nick, Kristen, and later Margot, came to the rescue, forming small group voice classes to help us. And once everybody got past feeling embarrassed, they started to learn and grow and, and even flourish. Well, by June, the choir at Sheer Tikva, my other job, had heard all about what we were doing and they wanted voice classes too. Our section leader, our section leaders were overloaded and while driving to Knoxville, my hometown, and chatting with my sister, who happens to be a pretty amazing voice teacher, we came up with a solution. Her studio had shrunk to half its size with many students preferring no lessons to Zoom lessons. She had time and she teaches on Zoom. One thing led to another and she's now teaching 18 or more people in the temple choir, including me from time to time over Zoom. What I learned from my big sister in Zoom voice classes is that my voice is my voice, neither good nor bad. It is perfectly my voice. Everybody has vocal challenges. Acknowledge them, accept them, and figure out how to cope.
but stop for goodness sake, fretting about it not being easy. Difficult is not bad. Sing with your whole body. Sing with your voice, not the voice you think you should have, and express the meaning of the text as best you can. That's it. That's all there is. And the silver lining of that story is not just that I learned how to sing with my voice and that many of my temple choir folks have had the same experience and I'm sure all of our chancel choir members have felt the same, but my sister and I are becoming close friends after a whole life of not being close friends. That's a lot of rambling to say that I'm counting the days until YouTube Church is for the folks who just can't make it into our building on Sunday morning. I have missed seeing your faces. Always so happy to greet each other. And I've missed hearing your voices tuned in imperfect harmony, singing the prayers of your hearts and mine with your whole selves. I hope you've missed that too. And that come September, you'll be just as eager as I am to once again be woven into the fabric of our collective song, singing generously, robustly, and gratefully. How, how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forget you, Jerusalem, my church, my home, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem, my church, my home, my highest joy. Amen.